0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode Making Time for God. Hello. And welcome to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by ChristadelphineVideo.org. We are encouraged, aren't we, to adjust our priorities to make time for God? A questionnaire asks respondents to ask answer a list of how many hours a week they spend on a wide range of activities. The analysed results are then discussed in this episode in the context of priorities vis-a-vis how much time is focused on God-centred activities and helpful suggestions made to readjust our focus.
1: Making time for God is a practical subject, isn't it? What we want to do as our objective this evening is for all of us, myself and you, to think about how do we make time for God or do we make time uh, for God? Now, for those people in uh, the Mumbles meeting, I I sent out uh, a bit of a survey uh, that sounds really posh, it was, I, it was Survey Monkey, so I can use the word survey, okay? It was 10 questions, really simple questions, that uh, were sent out and people responded to. Uh, I had 16 responses from the meeting. There may have been a few more today, uh, but uh, I needed to put some uh, things together this morning. And do you know what, I had 23 back from the Sunday School. Uh, so that was pretty amazing. Uh, Noah also sent it out to some of his friends. I had to delete a couple of theirs because they were very naughty. Uh, But uh, got some really good answers back on that survey. Now, what's the survey about? It's just to make us think. So, when you see the answers, and I know that's the only reason you've come this evening to see the results, uh, it it just makes you think, how am I spending my time? How am I spending my uh, time? So, uh, the plan is, You can't go home after the results, okay? You've got to stay for the rest. Uh, But we'll look at the results. Uh, We will go through some considerations from those results. Uh, And then think about how do we create good habits? And we're going to look or focus around prayer. You know, God gives us this opportunity to talk to Him in prayer. How do we create good habits? And then. That's okay, but actually, if it's just a tick box exercise, how do you then actually make it something, that's what you wanna do, that's your desire. That's really our focus uh, in our lives because we tend to put the most of our time into the things that we desire most, the things that we enjoy the most, like the most, uh, and so on. And then at the end, Uh, we will talk about what our next steps now Josh has been given out these Uh, Josh has everybody got one are you sure has anybody not got one Kath Josh make sure Kath got one because we need to mark hers afterwards and if you need a pencil because you haven't got a pencil Daisy's been giving out pencils have you got rid of them all one box is gone. Okay, so if you need a pencil, uh, Shout and Daisy can give you a pencil. And they, you can use those for your Bible marking as well as marking uh, these sheets. There's a lovely uh, verse just to begin with in Ecclesiastes, where God says, look, I've given you a time for everything. There's a time for whatever it is you need to do, I mean it's how we use our time, God has given us time, uh, Matt said in his prayer and we read from the Bible that we've been given three score years and ten, 70 years uh, in our lives to apply ourselves, you know if we want to get to know God then how do you use your time uh, to do just that? So. When we come to the results on this sheet, um, and uh, those of you, uh, those of you are in the Sunday School, uh, just see, is there anything in these numbers, in these results, that surprises you? Uh, or you think, oh, goodness me, I didn't think that would be the case. Uh, so let, let's have a look at these uh, results. So these are the questions in case you hadn't seen them uh, before. So these were the ones that went out to uh, the really, really old people, called adults. Uh, So, how many hours a week? Okay, so this proved a bit tricky for some people because they didn't know how many hours were in a week, but we'll see that in a minute. Uh, Do you spend eating? Do you spend sleeping? Uh, Do you do leisure activities? Uh, So, walking, sports, days out. Do you spend with friends who are not in the meeting? So, not to do with the things of God. Or do you spend working? I know lots of people have got jobs, they've got to do these things, haven't they? So a lot of our time gets taken from us because we live in the world. So therefore that's why we've got to make time. But I've split these questions because the next five questions is how many hours do you spend being at the meeting? And when I say the meeting, I mean this place, uh, the church, the ecclesia. So how many hours do you spend uh, here? Or we're told to read God's word. How how often do we do our readings? As Christadelphians, we have a daily reading planner, which gives us three portions, Uh, two from the Old Testament, one from the New. We can read that every day. Uh, How how long, Uh, many hours a week do we spend doing the readings and discussing it? Or spending time meeting up and talking with other people from the meeting, or studying God's word. It's very well, isn't it, that I probably, uh, if, if I'd filled in the survey just for this week, preparing this talk, I did all right. But what about the week before, the week before that, or next week, what does that look like? Or how often do we go to other Bible gatherings or activities or preaching? Now, The one that we sent out to the sunday school whatsapp was very similar uh but just had slight differences so see question three hours on leisure activities computer sports gaming Uh, so that's playing computer games for those people in the meeting uh days out and so on uh social media uh for or on your phone with friends outside of the meeting or going to school and college we've got to do that haven't we And then when you come to question six, and again, there's that split. Coming to the meeting, including things like Sunday School, CYC, and Bible hours. This is a Bible hour, by the way. Uh, Doing the readings and discussing them. It doesn't matter what age you are, that's a really important activity. Uh, Meeting up and talking with people from the meeting. Uh, Talking with aunties uh, and uncles, or uncles and aunties, as it says there, in the meeting. So, I still call people uncles and aunties, and I do get in trouble for it, and they often say, well, look, Jeremy, so I call Auntie Val, Auntie Val, and if she says, well, Jeremy, you're making me feel old, yes, that's a good thing. But the reality is we're a family, so so what do we do for our uncles and aunties? We've got to behave like we're a family. So, this was in the uh, Sunday School or the Young People's Questionnaire and uh, those other activities so are you ready for the results yeah thanks Matt. <laughs> so uh, let me just explain uh, so the dark greens are just bigger numbers it doesn't mean they're wrong or they're right or they're right-er. Uh just go with it okay so this, this tells you I, I had as i say 16 uh, people who responded that's that's plenty that's good and these aren't right, they're not wrong. Uh, some of these things overlap, I know that. Uh, it just, what is it for? It's to make you think. So, you can see that uh, some people eat a lot. Uh, I had to delete Pete's. Pete's was 67 hours for eating. I thought that was wrong, so we took that out. Uh, but you can see that there's some big variations there that we will uh, come to. Right, those of you who responded to the Sunday School one, this is that one. So, it's a bit smaller because there's more numbers, Uh, there were more respondents, but can you see again, it varies a lot. So, uh, hopefully you can see it a little bit. I I will give you some of the summaries in a second. I'm not asking you to uh, take in all of those numbers. So, let's go back to the meeting one. Uh, and remember, your question on your sheet, what surprises you about these results? So, here we are. Uh, on the, uh, this tells you, for each of those lines, uh, what was the highest number and what was the lowest number. <laughs> this isn't complicated, but when I sent it to the uh, Office for National Statistics, this is what they gave back. So uh, eating, uh, the highest people eat for 40 hours a week and the lowest, uh, so I'm just looking for thin people around here, uh, just eat for five hours uh, a week. Sleeping, not quite such a big difference, but 56 to 35. Leisure, 15 to 2. Now, of course, people might see that uh, being slightly different things. Spending with time outside, uh, people outside of the meeting, uh, doesn't vary a lot, does it? But look at those, uh, some people who are retired, probably don't need to work outside of the meeting in such a way. So you've got the highest at 60 and the lowest uh, at zero. But when we're at the meeting, so all the same activities are on at the meeting. So we have, let's just think, the Sunday morning meeting. Well, we have adult Sunday school. Um, We then have the Bible hour. Uh, We have uh, readings that are online. We have Bible class. We have uh, our Monday night class. We have CYCs. We have all of these activities. But you see, that varies from nine to two hours uh, per week. I don't know where you are. I don't know where. Well, I do know where I am, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, but do you see that's a big variation? Doing the readings, doing the readings varies from 15 hours a week to one hour a week. So, so where are, where am I in that? And we'll see why this is important uh, as we go through. Uh, talking with people at the meeting, you can see it varies between 15 and 0.5, studying God's word between 20 and 0 and Bible gatherings 4 uh, and 0. Maybe the last one is less significant, but where are we and could we improve those? So some of those variations in the bottom half surprised me. Okay, So they did surprise me. Um, maybe they shouldn't, but they did. If you just look at the total, so this next column here, uh, it just gives you an idea. If you added all the numbers up for everybody that was doing those things, it just gives you an idea of how much time is spent on different things. Now, it's no surprise that we spend most of our time sleeping. So can you all wake up and concentrate on this talk? So here we are, 751 hours on uh, sleeping, Uh, there's 312 hours working. Um, We spend 224 hours eating and 95 hours reading God's Word. That's an interesting one. What about the averages? So we won't go through this in detail now, uh, but again, the total really tells you the same uh, story. So, uh, that's the grown-ups, and obviously the kids are way, 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 way better uh, than that, aren't we, Nathan? So, uh, let's just have a look through uh, this. Uh, the difference uh, from eating was 21 and 7. I, I don't think that can be yours, Nathan, at all. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, Sleeping between 60 and 42 uh, go down to the readings between seven hours, so one hour a day, and one hour. Uh, Spending time with the meeting between 30 hours and zero hours. Spending time with aunties and uncles, six hours and zero hours. We'll come on to that uh, in a second. So there's some big differences. And again, when we add up all the totals, Can you see, uh, once again, that the amount of time we spend eating compared with the time that we do the readings, that's quite a big uh, variation. And we need to eat. By the way, I'm not asking you to starve. Uh, That's not the purpose uh, of what we're going through uh, here. And there, again, are the averages. Now, I do have a bit of a problem, so uh, audience, participation. How many hours are there in a week? Oh, dear. Uh, I think there's a few more than 60. So We've got 24 hours for seven days a week. 100. Jackie, Auntie Jackie. 168. uh, Yeah, 168 hours. Okay, let's have a look at this. So, this is our young people. Now, the reason that's a problem is that some people have, have, have spent more time doing stuff than there is time in the week. Uh, that is a bit, of a, a, a bit of a challenge. So there's somebody there with minus 41, minus 71. Now, OK, there is lots of crossover. I get that. So you could be eating your dinner with people in the meeting. Does that make sense? So therefore, there could be crossover uh, with, with that. So I understand that could be factually correct. What's interesting is when you come to the adults, they've got tons of spare time. Doesn't surprise me at all. So uh, that's the the results. And uh, Nadia, I'm sorry, it wasn't as scientific as you were hoping for, but it just gives us a general uh, view. So what are the considerations that we might take out of those? So just before, uh, on your sheet, what surprised you most out of that Uh, uh, those results just have a think because if it surprised you is it true in your life Uh, or are you gonna lecture somebody else Uh, I would go with the former and then as we go on to some considerations what is the one thing you would like to change or improve in your lives in making time uh, for God so here's our questions again Uh, so this was the uh, the grown-ups one so we're just working through to understand that actually we have to eat so how often when we're spending time eating do we eat with people who we can discuss the word of god with it's such a good thing uh i know that lots of you will have had people to your houses today or you've been to people's houses it is so beneficial You, you get to know those people and you discuss what we heard about in the meeting from brother Tom this morning we think about the readings that we might be reading from our bible companion you learn about people's challenges we can help our uncles and aunties or actually they help us do you see that actually this spending time eating could be really good time and actually would be really useful if we get it right and this here Our leisure activities, again, is the same. Do we think about, when we're doing those things, how we could spend it with others? How we can actually take that time? Uh, I'm sure lots of you will have been uh, on a walk, let's say, with people who are interested in the Bible. Uh, They believe in God, and the conversation is different, isn't it? Uh, and it gets you to consider your thinking, your walk of life uh, before the Lord God. And then uh, working on non-meeting activity. So people have to work. I've got one of the best jobs in the world because I work for a Christadelphian uh, organisation. So every morning we're able to start our day in a prayer Uh, and I work with people who are talking and thinking about God. We we can talk about the new, obviously we do our work as well, but we can think about the things that are going on in the news with regards to God's plan. But there are also things, work that we can do that actually helps with these things. So I was thinking when, uh, I haven't told Noah I was going to pick on him, uh, but Noah works at Newton Court. So, uh, although he has to put up with Auntie Val, uh, there are lots of people who he gets to talk with about Bible things. And so actually, there are things that we can do when we're doing our work, if we think about what we can do, that actually will help us in sort of bringing these things uh, together. So I'm now going on to the young people's one and, and thinking about it in a similar way. So here we are, uh, doing the readings and uh, discussing them. So, I don't know, uh, young people, uh, if you ever do the readings with uh, Uncle Pete and Auntie Beck, you probably have to act them out. It is really embarrassing, uh, but it really makes them come alive. Uh, whether that be down in the beach hut uh, at Langland. Uh, We had, I think it was somebody coming through the roof, wasn't it? Uh, Anyway, repaired it and it's all fine. Uh, But actually, bringing the readings alive is so important. Uh, You can get from the Christadelphian office some cards. Uh, They look like a normal deck of cards, but when you turn them over, they're questions about the readings. And before you do the readings, you can hand them out to each person uh, it doesn't matter how old you are. And it might say, can you find a reference to the Lord Jesus in these readings? Uh, what was the most difficult verse in these readings? Discuss it. You know, find out what it means. Uh, and it gives you these questions. Uh, it's actually been put on a phone app now, uh, which is uh, really good. So these things are about how do we bring our Bible readings uh, alive? Because do you remember when we went back to this? That when I, uh, oh, take that away. So uh, I forgot what I was meant to ask it. Which row is that and which row is that? So they are copied from the rows above. So Where can you find, uh, it's not, is it? That's not helpful at all. My apologies. Uh, I think I've made a mistake there. Yeah, I most definitely have. Uh, so, my apologies. Forget that stupid question. Uh, what I wanted to illustrate here is that, can you see eating at the top uh, was 15? So, these are different people. One, One, two, three. Uh, these are different people who've answered those questions. Can you see that uh, eating was 15 hours and The readings there was five hours. The next one is 10. And then the readings were two. Can can you see that? So the totals at the bottom are not helpful and we'll ignore them. But if you went to Psalm 119 and we'll turn up some passages in a minute, it says that actually God's word should be like food to us. It should be like eating food. So Joe, How many times do you eat a day? Okay. Come on, give me a number. Okay. Honestly, you're so like your dad. Yeah. So we have our meals, uh, and most people have three. Uh, And then we have snacks in between, which could be anything from 50 to 64. Um, but do you eat, in inverted commas, the Word of God, that many times? That, that's the challenge here. So, do you see, when we were looking at the results, the, the, the amount we're eating, which we have to do, and the amount we're reading and discussing God's Word, they're, they're miles apart. So, we might need to think of it. Or, we've already said that, actually, combine eating with discussing. Uh, the Word of God. Maybe you do the reading before and discuss it uh, whilst you're having uh, your your meal. So let's just move on from that. Um, meeting up and talking with people from the meeting. Uh, again, I heard uh, when I was in Sunday school. I can't remember if it's last week or the week before. But again, the Sunday school was being challenged when the aunties and uncles come in. Go and actually tell them what you learned in your lesson. Um, When our boys were younger, it didn't happen when I was really young, they had a show and tell. Does show and tell still happen at schools, like nurseries and stuff? Okay, So you could do show and tell with your Sunday school lesson with the people who come from the meeting. Uh, Auntie Amy here. Uh, I often go to different Christadelphian care homes and somebody will say, "Can you thank Auntie Amy?" Uh, they don't often call her Auntie Amy, uh, but they say, "Can you thank Amy for the card that she wrote?" Wow, what a good idea! And some of us were really good at that in COVID. Is that something we can do more uh, going forwards? And then uh, helping aunties and uncles. So some of that links with uh, talking with people from the meeting, but. Uh, those of you in Sunday School, I need to tell you about Auntie Ivy. Okay? So Auntie Ivy is a uh, she was a lady at Newquay meeting in Cornwall, and uh, she died a long, long time ago. But when I was younger, Auntie Ivy was the hero of the meeting. Do you know why she was the hero of the meeting? She gave out sweets. And if this was the meeting, she sat exactly where Uncle Ian is. And what happened is, our Sunday school used to be in a building the other side of the road. It still is at Newquay meeting. And the Sunday school had finished a bit before. And then all the Sunday school would come over to the meeting. And they didn't really talk to all the uncles and aunties, so this is a bit wrong. Uh, but they would queue up on that row and come to Auntie Ivy, who's Uncle Ian. And she would have a white paper bag. The sweets were horrible. Uh, I never really liked them, but you still wanted a sweet. But everybody would go and speak with Auntie Ivy. So I'm now talking to all you aunties and uncles, okay? Um, but we used to always, and, and she would always talk to you and, and have a conversation, and everybody in the meeting knew who Auntie Ivy was these boiled sweets. Uh, One of them got stuck in my throat once and uh, got into a bit of trouble. I had to go to the doctors, uh, but I still went back for another one the next week. But then my mum and dad, they used to go and visit Auntie Ivy. And uh, she lived in a house uh, that was up lots of steps. And as she got old, she couldn't cut the grass and do certain things. But she was an amazing auntie. She used to have this squirrel that came to her back door every day and would just eat out of her hand it's like the best thing you've ever seen and there was a robin used to come and and so it was actually quite good fun going to see auntie ivy and i used to get told that i needed to cut her grass so in fact most of it was clover uh, but would go and and cut her grass but actually what it did is I got to know this auntie really well and was able to help and actually I saw her Uh, my dad got a little bit cross with me because I hadn't been for a little while and said look you need to go and say she's not very well and she died the day afterwards and I'm so grateful that as I got to know her she was a very special lady in the meeting she loved the word of God She was a a lady who would always make sure she uh, showed the example of prayer. And to be able to uh, be encouraged to go and help her and see. Now, we've all got those opportunities that we need to, uh, to take. So I want you to think on your sheets. What one thing would you like to change and improve in making time for God? Creating good habits, here we go. So what good habit did Daniel have, anybody? Right. Yeah, he was, he's amazing at his habit of prayer. How do we know that? People in, uh, who go to Sunday school, how do we know that Daniel was somebody who had a great habit of prayer? Josh? We do know from the Bible. Josh, come on, give me a better answer than that. I need more. How do we know from the Bible then that he was somebody who prayed? Three times a day. And the wicked men were able to catch him out because they knew exactly what he would do. And even when they said, Right, king, when this man, Darius, when any person prays to a God, other than to, to you and your gods, then they need to be put to death, thrown into the den of lions, because they knew that's what Daniel would do. He had a habit. Now, we've got to create good habits. Do we start our morning with prayer? Uh, do we pray for our food all the time, even if we're at school or college or at work? Do we have these habits that people could actually uh, count on? Uh, I've put another thing here uh, Uncle Dave and Auntie Jo. It just makes me laugh because uh, this is Uncle Dave and Auntie Jo Morgan, that some of you know. And uh, they lived in uh, a house in Plymouth and they kept finding that they would watch the telly before they did their readings. And obviously, we told them off a lot about that what they did is they had a huge paper sign that was sellotaped over the top that said, make sure you do your readings first. And so they used to do their readings first before. Now, whether you want them to watch the telly, that's another answer. But the point is it changed the way, they did a simple thing to actually get them to prioritize their time. Right, you need your Bibles now, so get your Bibles out. Uh, let's go to, uh, to Matthew 14 and see some of the Lord Jesus' habits. Uh, this is to do with his time. Matthew chapter 14. So we're going in at verse, uh, we want verse 23, but I need to read verse 22 because it will make more sense. So Matthew 14, hopefully you're there in the New Testament, first of the Gospels, chapter 14, verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So he'd had a really busy day. He's been preaching to loads and loads of people. And when he had sent, verse 23, the multitudes away, what does he do? he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. That's what his habit was. And I'm gonna show you that that is absolutely the case uh, in a moment. You see, his life was dedicated to prayer. So what we're looking in a good habit, we saw it with Daniel. uh, And here we see it with the Lord Jesus Christ. We can see it with lots of others too. Uh, But just come with me to the next reference in Mark, chapter 1. And this is at the beginning of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. So you go Matthew, Mark, chapter 1 and verse 35. So you've got the opportunity in creating bad habits on your sheet to write these references down. They're on the screen, not difficult. So Mark, chapter 1, verse 35. And in the morning, Okay, so the last one was after a busy day, it was in the evening, and he went to pray to the Lord God. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. So, do you see, this is a behaviour of the Lord Jesus Christ that was a habit, it's something that he did, and in fact, You see, when Simon, uh, that's Simon Peter in verse 36, and they that were with him followed after him, when they had found him, they didn't know where he'd gone. This was a new thing to them. Where's the Lord gone? Uh, And when they found him, it it almost seems like they've interrupted him, doesn't it? They that were with him followed after him, and when they had found him, they said to him, all men seek for thee. Lord, (laughs) we've been looking for you. Where are you? Everybody's looking for you. But they began to learn that this was a habit of the Lord Jesus, a good habit. Let's look at the reading we had today from the Bible Reading Companion in Matthew chapter 11 and just see a little difference. So this is a bit later in the ministry of the Lord Jesus and it's pretty lovely how the disciples react. Luke chapter 11 verse, one: it came to pass, that as he was praying in a certain place, oh look, they're not going to interrupt him. Here he was again, as his habit was, praying in a certain place. When he ceased, when he would finished, when he would stopped, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They want that same habit that the Lord Jesus has, that we see in other people. Just move on, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and we want Acts chapter 10. It was a habit, this prayer habit, that we see in a number of people. And they used to pray the third, the sixth, and the ninth hour. And it was at the beginning of the day, the middle of the day, and towards the end of the day. And we see this, uh, I want you to go verse first Sorry, to Acts chapter 10 verse 9, to the second reference. And this is Peter, who is Simon Peter that we just read about. The Lord Jesus Christ has been taken to, uh, to God, uh, sat at the right side of God, and Simon Peter is taking on the message of, and he's filling his time with the things of the Lord God. And in verse 9, it says on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter, that's Simon Peter, went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. It was his habit. And the person that was sending some people or going with some people to to catch up with him, to to ask him to come, was a man that we're told about in verse 2. We're told in verse 1 that he's a centurion called Cornelius. And in verse 2, we're told he was a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. And look at his actions. This is what you do with your time if you are focused on God. So here is a busy man. He's a centurion. And he's a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Now we didn't put praying on our survey, but maybe we should have. And what would that result have looked like for you or for me? You see, it was a habit, but also do you see in Cornelius, it seems it was actually a way of life. You know, if we're in a bit of trouble, do we just stop and pray? If we've got something that we're not sure about, do we take it to God because we believe he's in control? How do we spend our time, or do we mull it over ourselves? Which would be uh, fairly futile, uh, I think. Finally, uh, just uh, as we lead in to sort of make this uh, a matter of the way of life as opposed to just a habit, come back to the Old Testament, just so that we can see these things happening everywhere and come to 2 Kings verse uh, sorry, chapter 19. So we're going to the time of Hezekiah. So um, 2 Kings chapter 19, Hezekiah is in real trouble. Uh, he's got an army that's come against him, uh, there's a man who has come with this letter, uh, is threatening the, uh, the nation uh, and Hezekiah is the king. So he needs to take accountability, and he is very, very scared. So he gets this letter, verse 14. 2 Kings 19, verse 14, Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. So he could have got very stressed out and thought, okay, right, let's get the best minds together and see how we sort this thing out. But what he does is he goes up verse 14, into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. He's saying, look, look, God, here's my problem. Now, how do we spend our time before God? How do we make time? Well, actually, some of it is just about how we direct our lives. When we're in a situation, do we take these things to God? Hezekiah prayed, verse 15, before the Lord. And said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. I know you're in control. I know you're the creator. I know you're the only God. Here's my problem. And so he beseeches him, verse 19, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. You see when you come to the new testament look at this verse on the screen these habits that you can get from daniel or you see in the lord jesus they are things that should become part of our way of life you can see it in somebody like nehemiah you see it actually in the lord jesus christ you saw it in cornelius you saw it in hezekiah we're told not to be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let our requests be made known to god so the next one is if that's the case then what 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 do we want most is it to uh spend time with people outside of the meeting because that's the most enjoyable thing? Is it to play uh, lots of football uh, or other sports? Is it uh, to spend time on social media? Or is it uh, that actually we want to just do things that satisfy ourselves? So we've got to think about those. So this question here, what is our desire? We've got some references you can write down And the question is, is there something, a desire, that you think you spend a bit too much time on? So I could give you Noah's, but that would be very unfair. Um, What is mine? What is yours that actually we could uh, spend a little less time on? Let's just go to the reading we had uh, that Matt read for us in Colossians 3. And you may have slightly different words depending on which version you've got. But it says in verse 1 and 2, if ye then be risen with Christ. So this is saying, if you've taken the decision to be associated with the Lord Jesus, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So I guess if you're not baptised, you've got to be thinking, actually, do I want a life? where I have a relationship with God, because I know that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. So this principle applies in our thinking if that's our direction of travel. And in the King James Version, in verse two, it says, set your affection. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. So we learn in the Lord's Prayer, don't we, that God's will is done in heaven and we're praying for God's will to be done on the earth, but at the moment, God's will's not done on the earth. So this is saying, set the things you desire, the things you enjoy, the things you think are right, on the things that are of God, rather than the things that you see on the earth. There's a lovely reference, which is the next one, 2 Corinthians 6. So if you're in Colossians, go back a little bit. I'm not good going backwards, uh, but Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians, and then Corinthians. And we want 2 Corinthians 6. And in 2 Corinthians 6, it gives us lots of opposites. Do you remember the survey was split into the top half and the bottom half? This is stuff to do with the meeting. This is stuff to do outside of the meeting. This is stuff to do outside of God. This is stuff to do with God. And what 2 Corinthians 6 says, there are opposites. Uh, do you want to be uh, linked with this side or, or that side? Because actually, they don't mix. Just look at this. Look, uh, it says in uh, verse 14, Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? So it's just saying, Look, don't think that your time will be well spent if you're trying to mix it all up. You need to think about where you're applying your time. Don't think you can mix these two things together because it doesn't work. Uh, And what Paul, who writes this letter to these Corinthians, is saying, you're really struggling at the moment. And it's not because of what we're telling you. It's because of you. It's because of yourselves. And look at what he says, it's incredible. He says in verse 11, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open to you, our heart is enlarged. I'm I'm appealing to you. He says, you are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your bowels. So it's not a great translation, the King James Version there. He's saying, you're not being stopped. You're not being constrained by what we're doing to you, you're being constrained by your own heart. And do you know what, that word is really your affections. He's saying the reason you're struggling, so let's get this right, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 12, you're not straightened in us, but you're straightened in your own bowels, your own affections, um, you may have got a note that it says affections in the margin so just to make this really clear if you've got your pencil uh, next to 2 corinthians 6 verse 12 and the word bowels, write the reference 2 corinthians 7 and verse 15 and i'll show you the same word again he's saying what's stopping you having a relationship with god what's stopping you doing the right thing is your affections, you're thinking about things on the earth, not thinking about things of God. So here's the the word, look, and in the authorised version this is how it says, and it's talking about a man called Titus, verse 15 of 2 Corinthians 7. His inward affection, those two words you have to join together, it's his inward affection is more abundant toward you. So that's the word. He, he loved these people. And what Paul is saying, look, the, the reason you're getting stuck, the, the reason you're constrained, the reason you're not moving on, is because of you, of your affections, your inward affection, the things you care about. So let's just finally pick this theory up. Uh, And principle in Genesis 3. So right back at the beginning, Genesis 3, we're going back to the time of Adam and Eve and this is an obvious example but it's obvious because God wants to make it really clear for us. How do you spend your time? You see, God used to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He used to walk with them in the garden. He had fellowship with them. That's how they spent their time. But somehow, and we don't know all the details, there was a serpent who was able to talk, who was present in the garden. And maybe if they'd been looking after the garden a bit better, it wouldn't have been there anyway. I don't know that, but that's a possibility. So what happens is Eve's time, let's put it in different words, her affection was spent talking with a serpent rather than walking with God. You see, the top half of our survey and the bottom half of our survey, they can't mix. Yes, we have to do some of that, but we have to separate those two things. And what the serpent tells Eve is a lie. Takes what God has said, you know, here's the commands of God, this is what God says. Our time should be devoted to the word of God, and he takes her completely away. And the serpent said to the woman, verse four, you shall not surely die. Verse six, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, that's where her affection was, to make one wise and she took of it. If we put ourselves, if we spend our time in the wrong places with the wrong people, that's what happens, made that really clear right at the very beginning. Okay, let's whiz through uh, some verses. Oh, I should have put those on ages ago. My apologies, I thought they were on the screen. Uh, So, if you need those references afterwards, you'll have to come back. Uh, Joshua 1 verse 8, Uh, so he's saying that this should become your desire. You should meditate on the book of the law uh, day and night. Uh, we're told in 2 Timothy that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. You see, we need to make some good habits, but it needs to become our affection, our desire, uh, the things that we do. So just on your sheets, Creating good habits, you should have got some references, what new good habit could you start from this week? In our desires, what desires have we got that might be taking us the wrong way, that make us see things or desire things or take things that will not help us uh, at all? And then finally, what are our personal next steps? So. If I'm thinking about this, what am I going to do to readjust my time? I was, um, obviously not a good use of my time, this is not a good, but I was watching some of the rugby yesterday. And, And after the rugby, they do that thing where they show where somebody's been all over the pitch and how many tackles they made here and here and here and here, how many miles they ran and all that kind of stuff. If you did that with your time and you had different places like Bible time and God time and meeting time and auntie and uncle time, school time, social media time, gaming time, where would that chart be? What would it look like? Where would the the most scribbles be in that chart? So, finally, uh, I just want to share with you, I shared with my granddad, uh, who's called Richard Little. He um, joined Mumble's meeting this morning, for those of you who uh, were who here, and he uh, resides at Newton Court. And uh, he got hold of a poem uh, by W. H. Davies, or Davis, I don't know. Uh, But he put some other words to it, and this is what he wrote, and I want to share this with you. He wrote, God has given us a special book. Now's the time to stop and look. It speaks to us of God's way and how in that narrow way to stay. It is a book with a wonderful story of how the earth will be filled with God's glory. God invites you to be there for that great day you need to prepare. What is this life, if full of care, if you have no time with God to share?